Right, so my ass. Yeah. Let's let's get the important business of the day out of the way. There is a photo of me from last Saturday. Uh, I made my Midlands UK debut. I debuted for Wrestling Resurgence in Leicester. Ooh. I had two and a half. I was scheduled to be in the Rumble match. There was a Rumble match. It's uh, like 20 competitors. They come in at timed intervals. You get thrown over the rope. I was scheduled to be in for six minutes. But I realized that in order to do what I wanted to do, I needed to do everything in one section, one segment. So I was like, you know what? Fuck having screen time. I'm going to do what I need to do in a with a far less of a spotlight and I'll still fucking smash it. So I went in for two and a half minutes, turned up, hit a move on everyone there, cut a promo that had like the audience fucking rolling. Two and a half minutes, got myself over with a new crowd like that. Out of the palm of my hand, a photograph of me from the event was on Reddit, on uh, the Squared Circle subreddit, like the biggest wrestling subreddit, and got pretty decent traction and really nice comments. Uh, it's a photo of me coming off the second rope uh, with my arm out for a clothesline about to hit Gene Money, who's a pretty big name in UK wrestling. Really cool shot. Makes me look dynamic as fuck. There is a front shot. There is a back shot. The back shot was the one I posted on Twitter. Now, I didn't know that my ass would look so full off the vine right <laughs> in that jumpsuit from that ankle. But instead of, oh, Steph, it's so cool. You look magnificent flying through the air at this huge debut that you were so proud of. Instead, peach emojis for days. <laughs> peach emojis. Now, don't get me wrong. It does look good. And still validating, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Except for one person who said, lose some weight and eat a salad, you cheese-drinking fat fuck, which led a lot of us to wonder, like, A, can you find drinkable cheese? And yes. B, where the fuck is it? Because that sounds <laughs> lush. <laughs> now, of course, I once uh, drank a bottle of um, Creedle and Crab Nuts branded cheese wine. Uh, on the, um, when I did, uh, uh, what was it? Sweet Cheese Friday, Stephanie Sterling's Sweet Cheese Friday. It was a live stream I did where I uh, drank cheese wine and had a selection of cheeses because I was playing Elden Ring and cheesing the game as much as possible. Uh, wonderful. So there is some truth to it. I mean, obviously it was a bottle of banana yazoo we put in there instead of cheese. Um, just to part my thighs on that particular um, stage trick. Uh, but anyway, the point is, is I've got a big round fat dumper. Yeah. And it looks all right. And the the thing looks, it, it's really cool. Uh, the shot is a really awesome fucking shot. Um, so there there you go. Uh, next events, plural, August 20th. I've got two shows in one day. Uh, Preston at 1pm in the town centre. Big free event, usually draws thousands. And then August 20th. Same day, later that night in Newcastle for Avant Garde, where I'll be sort of the host of the evening. So, yeah, that's that's all cool. Also, we've not announced any full details, but I am running my own wrestling event. Sort of myself, Phoenix, in association with um, PPW. Uh, Laura will be um, conducting a live stream of the event. Um, so that's very exciting. We'll have details on that hopefully this week, and we'll be able to talk about it next week. Um, also, I've moved house. It's been a huge week. Yeah, yeah. In in Stephanie's corner of the world, 
huge week. I finally, after eight months of being effectively homeless, I, if you watched the Jimquisition this week, you will have seen my new home, my new subterranean Blair Witch home. It's such a dichotomy. There are, I've got, if you watch the Jimquisition, you'll see I've got four basements downstairs. Chambers is how they were listed. Four basement chambers that gets progressively more murder basement the deeper you go. At first, it's sort of like a bit grimy laundry room. Then a sort of a dank corridor that leads into a wood floorboard brick corridor with a bricked up door frame and rotting floor. Then you go into the other, the concrete room, that really, if you were into kidnapping and collecting women, that's where you'd put them. <laughs> I'm not saying do that. I'd never say do No, that. just if, if you were going to... If, if I did it. You now have a dedicated room. Yeah, and that room also has a bricked-up door frame. So lots of bricked-up doorways, lots of mystery. And then you go upstairs, and it's like super modern kitchen in grey, uh, black, and red. Looks incredible. Looks like like the old Jimquisition colours in kitchen form. Mm-hmm. Would have been very on-brand in 2018. But yeah, uh, we've got a massive lounge, a big sunroom which sort of we're, we're kitting out so the kids can play in there when they come visit Auntie Steph's. Uh, ridiculous amount of storage. The house is a lodge. It's a lodge. Mm. Good. It's good. It's further away from food than I wanted, but like we finally found a place where we weren't dicked over. Well, we were dicked over because the credit check company told the letting agency that there was no proof of income because my proof of income's foreign and this country is designed to stop foreigners from living in the place. But we worked something out. So that's good. Um, also, huge news. I've got a can of Iron Brew Extra. Ooh. It's extra taste, no sugar. I've not tried it. Um, I want to see if it tastes like an Iron Brew, despite being sugar-free. Pepsi Maxes don't. They're a lie. Everything's going on for you at the moment. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. And then, um, final bit of news. I've got a wooden frog. <gasps> oh, I've heard about this frog. It's the, you've heard the wooden frog. You're going to make it make the sound? went to the there's a like a um over at the the dump the city dump there's a like a trinket shop that like sells all shit that people bring in that they'd otherwise just chuck you can get some good furniture there i actually got really good pair of red sofas for under uh i think it's like 90 quid um 95 quid or something really nice um really fits the furniture i've already got so we bought them and a little plastic train for the younger kid because um, he likes things to sit on and roll around on. And then I found it was just on the counter, feast by the wooden frog. Now, I love frog things. And it's one of those you might have seen like videos on them, of them on TikTok or whatever. But they're those wooden frogs with grooves carved at the back, sort of like made to look like spines and a little wooden stick that you run across it. So it croaks. I mean, that's. That's nothing if not beautiful, that. It's absolutely very soothing. I'm going to find it because I I usually have desk toys to play with because of my ADHD during recordings and things. Because I've just moved in, this is the only thing on here, so I've got to be fucking careful I don't sort of idly pick it up and while you're, like, saying, like, Colt, the lamb's really good, then you just hear... So I'm going to make sure that 
We don't do that. Look, when when they make a sequel called Cult of the Frog, you're you're welcome oh. to make the sound all you like. I'll be well positioned for Cult of the Frog. Cult of the Frog. Yeah. So anyway, that's my news. It was a huge info dump this week, but it was a massive amount of news. I've got one of those like old grandmother curio cabinets, the glass front, and I've filled it full of Mighty Maxes. I need to speak to you about one of the Mighty Maxes, Conrad. What's that? Yeah, because there's a, like a like a cybernetic skull one. Yeah. And there's a bit of it missing, and I just need to find out if you packed it separate. Um, boy, out of the two dozen, three dozen Mighty Max things that I packed. Yeah, because everything was connected. Yeah. Fee overheard me. They've walked in with a plush Waddle D and a small tennis ball. <laughs> Little enriching activities for me. So that I don't go play with the frog. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, well, I'll find it. I've got. I, I don't think I've uh, found all the packed Mighty Maxes. But thank yeah. you again for packing everything. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Glad it. Glad it got there. Yeah, yeah. Very few. Very few bait breakages in travel. Yeah. A couple of the pinball machines got a bit sort of the electronics is busting one, but Fee's mm. dad might be able to fix that. You know, it's just a lot of stuff that couldn't be helped, like considering right. the amount of travel and storage it's done. You know, the the sheer survival rate is really good. Oh, good. <laughs> we did well. We didn't really even have the appropriate boxes either. No. Like, and we may do. Um, and I'm glad that the vast majority of it seems to have survived. Yeah, and I think it was just some stuff was gonna, especially with the packing we had. Like, some stuff wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. Almost everything did. Good. Like, you'll be pleased to know that my, my copy of Cum Game... Oh, thank God. It's still in oh. mint condition. Oh, phew. Right? Thank God. Honestly, at some point, I need to I need to bring mine, and then we can have, like, some multiplayer Cum Game. We can have, like, a like a little tournament. Yeah. That's four dicks. That's, 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 an, that's enough for a tournament. Four is a tournament right? of dicks. A tournament? That's, that's what they call a grouping of dicks, right? A tournament? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you call it Breitbart.com, didn't you? Hey! Hey! Whoa! Oh, we, there we went and made it political. Right? <laughs> How about that Alex Jones trial, eh? Oh. I mean, I, there are sure things to have opinions on that happened there. Right? I'm just, I, I really, I, it's one of those things where it's so difficult to, to pick a highlight. Oh, no, no, it's not difficult to pick a highlight. I feel like, um... Your lawyer sent me all of the contents of your phone and didn't stop me from using that. I feel like that is the highlight. <laughs> okay, but that's delicious and I love it. But counterpoint, the defense attorney ending his closing argument with the Holocaust poem, First They Came For, <laughs> that's... <laughs> I, I mean... It, it was quite something. It is really pretty amazing, right? <laughs> like... Like the long tail implications of that artist art is great, but in the moment, pretty remarkable. I mean, one of my favorites was the judge saying, "You can't lie here. This isn't your show." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, it was very, very good. Oh, by the way, just mm. a little tip for our listeners: if you are ever in a court case, don't record video of yourself publicly accusing the judge of your case of running a child porn ring. Like, that's not going to help. It's not going to endear you. It's also not going to help if you imply that the people who are suing you might be mentally disabled 
or on the spectrum. Yeah. Not helpful. Maybe. Just shut the fuck up might be, you know, a wise piece of advice. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if you're Alex Jones and not just in a court case. Just shut the fuck up. Just in general. Forever. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to very quickly route some things before we do video games because it's that bit of the show. I've got, I got a children's book coming out, like, right. the day that the next episode of this show comes out. Next Thursday, the 18th of August. Me and my dysphoria monster. That's that's coming out in like a week. And that's mildly terrifying. I have read this book. Yeah. I have seen this book. I can vouch for its quality. The quality being high. I'm very I'm very proud of it. I'm real excited for it. That's out next week. You should so be go proud. go check that out. And then also I'm gonna be at a Pride event um at the start of September in Trondheim in Norway. I'm going to be at a pride event on the the 8th and 9th of September. I'm doing a couple of a couple of panel events yeah. at a Norwegian pride festival. So if you're listening and in Norway, I'll be in your country soon. So that's cool. All right. Comrade, you you got anything going on? Um, getting married. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. I'm so pleased for you. I've I told you privately, but like like she's so good for you. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I've mentioned on this show before, like, I've listened to old recordings of us <laughs> and just how how bleak they sound, especially when we talk about our other halves. Like, I'm like, wow, we were not happy people. No, no, we were not happy people. But your disposition since meeting her has been, like, you can just tell when someone, like, is in a happy relationship. You can just tell. Yeah. I'm so pleased. It's, it's good. So, yeah, we, uh... It's going to probably be sometime tail end of September before we can actually make it happen because the wheels of justice, oh, they do move slow. But that's still faster than the year and a half it took me to get divorced. So, yeah, that's something. Oh, you're doing well. Yeah. You find you find the victories where you can. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So sometime tail end of September we'll get hitched and that will be exciting and fun. And she was... um. Just glad that I finally got around to doing it. Right? Because it was pretty <laughs> much a formality. It was like... Yeah, well, in a lot of ways, yeah, but I spent I spent a year, like, just, like, not getting around to asking. And, you know, it was fine up to a point because the divorce still hadn't gone, gone through, but that got resolved a few months ago. So yeah. it really ought to just, like, get this No sorted. excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yep, it's good, and we're excited, and... Huge events. Yeah, a lot happening to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what else has happened this week? This is video games. They've they've continued to happen. Sorry, I d I've never heard of video games. Well, you're gonna have heard about them by the time we're done today. Someone on the subreddit was like, I'm worried that Stephanie's passion for video games is going. Where have they been? The Jimquisition they did this week was not all that related to video games. I'm like, mate, it's one episode. It's one episode, and it was very related to what I've been saying about Warner Brothers as a game publisher. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything you said there connects directly with video games and and media control of them. Yeah, that was the point. Like, and, and another thing, right? While we're on the subject of video games, begrudgingly, right? If we must. You realise I play that up quite a bit. Like, a lot of that's a put-on, listener. The, the, the not caring about video games like don't get me wrong i'd rather talk about wooden frogs but i think that's understandable right right yeah 
You, say, you, you show me a video game, you show me a good wooden frog, I know where my attention's going to be focused. Right? And I realise that a lot of my output, as far as games go, have been minimal, but I've been homeless. Like, luckily not, like, houseless. I've been, you know, staying with Fee and, and the family there, but, like, I, I haven't had access to any of my stuff for eight months. I've not been sleeping in my own bed. I've not been in an environment that is conducive to my being able to record effectively. Yeah. I've been homeless for eight months, folks. I'm finally settling in. Like, my ability to even play games at times have been, like, unless I can do it on the Steam Deck, have been really difficult to... to, to like, it's just been difficult. It's been really difficult. And, yes, I've focused a lot on wrestling, but I... Things have really popped off with that, and I'm making huge amounts of progress. And B, you can go do it. I can go, exactly. I go do it. I go to Sheffield to train with PPW. I go to events. Uh, I don't need uh, a studio or, or all of my recording equipment or to, you know, do prep for shows by playing games and things. Like, I just want to settle that. Now, those... Having access to those things could certainly enhance your ability to do that other work, but it's not contingent upon it in the same way. Yeah, like, and even then, like, it's been difficult to do some of the stuff I want to do for wrestling because I can't sit down and watch, right. like, study up tapes and things. Um, so I'm like, just let's, it happens so often, like, I, I don't often go on the subreddit these days because it's often a lot of, you know, just people being a bit shitty uh, about me and my work. As is their right, but, like, I used to hang out on that place, but some people were real assholes. But I saw it because I was trying to follow up some of the drama with Um and saw the uh, that post title and was like... And, and to be honest, my first thought with it was, oh, fuck off. Like, don't want to sound too mean about it, but, like, it's been a difficult fucking time for me work-wise in terms of practicality and, and situation. Give me, please give me a fucking break. Yeah. Like literally this week I've been moving house. I ain't got much to talk about about games I've played. Right. I'm sure others do. And sorry about rail, like, like steering us off for a moment, but I wanted to get that out there. Let's please talk about some video games, which I, I'm passionate about. <laughs> so, Conrad, you played anything this week? Um. Yeah, I've played a few things. Um. I guess. Uh, the more pressing one might be Turbo Golf Racing. Yeah. I love that title. Yeah. This is that one I played a demo of, like, around E3 time. The, it's definitely not, um... Rocket League. Yeah, it's definitely not Rocket League, but golf. It's better than Rocket League. You reckon? I reckon it's better than Rocket League. Has it got loot boxes in it? Nope. Oh, it's better than Rocket League. I, I might need to give it another look. I'm curious to hear what you think. Because, like, my problem... And, like, granted, I only played the demo. The demo felt like it had a real problem of... If you fell behind, it was near impossible to catch up. It had a weird pacing issue. I, I mean, that's, I think, still effectively true. I think the length of the individual holes balances that out. Hmm. Um, the fact that you play three holes helps to balance that out. I'd like I'd like a a nine hole race just for kicks, just to, you know, have something a little more extended that the point values could play more effectively into. But it's quick in and out 
nature sort of, for me, mitigates the fact that, okay, well, I've lost this hole, but the next one I could do very well on. The big distinction for me between playing Rocket League and playing Turbo Golf Racing is uh, Rocket League suffers from the same problem uh, a lot of video games do, and a lot of life does for me, and that's other people. The, the, the presence and existence and interference of other people in my life. And by comparison, Turbo Golf Racing is such a passively multiplayer experience in that the only times you're really going to affect another player or be affected by another player is when a missile happened, you happen to be the unfortunate victim of a missile or somebody ahead of you manages to snag a power-up or a, you know, bumper ball launcher thing right before you were going to get to it, and so you wind up in that little gap of respawn. That's it. Other than that, they are not in my fucking way. I don't have to deal with them. They're not fucking up my shots. They're not getting to my balls. And the thing is, is I should like Rocket League more because Rocket League is more of a... It's less of a racing game and more of a soccer game. Mm-hmm. Turbo Golf Racing is a racing game that uses the mechanics of golf. Now, what's interesting about it is how well, like, the mechanical interaction of this remote control car that you're driving plays with the experience of playing golf. Because I don't know how familiar you are with playing golf. But once you get it onto the green in golf, then you have a choice to make. Am I going to slowly try to approach the hole better with more control? Or am I going to, you know, try to sink it from a distance and possibly miss it? The same thing applies here and the same risks and consequences of failure exist here as well. And you address them in the same way because now you got to go all the way around to the other side of the ball. There's just now the added pressure of this being a quote-unquote race. I like all of that. I'm not having that much fun playing it. For as much as I like all of this, and I think it's a better game, I find the experience of playing it to be just sort of, all right, I'm doing this, and I could do something else, and that would be fine, which I didn't feel with Rocket League. Like, Rocket League gripped me right away, but but only for a a very brief period of time before I was like, all right, I hate playing this with other people again. So this is why I was kind of surprised to hear you say that you preferred this over Rocket League, because I feel the exact same way about both in that Rocket League I had more fun actually playing, and the the moment-to-moment experience of playing Turbo Turbo Golf Racing just felt really blasé. Yeah? Like, I didn't care while I was playing it. See, I, I play a lot of golf games, right? Yeah. And... There is a good golf game. The excitement from a good golf game usually isn't from making the good shot. The excitement from the golf game is from when you fuck up on the bad shot and you have that response of, oh, shit. And it's magnified in this because of the nature of you have to quickly get back to the ball and take another shot. So you're playing against yourself. And I kind of like that. Um, that's when I get, cause when I, I have a good shot, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm thinking about the next shot and making my way down there. And I usually have time because I hit it really well and it's going to fly for a little while. 
it's interest. It's an interesting dynamic in that when you are playing badly is when it is more exciting. I think. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Mm. That's 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 how I've been playing it. And I thought I was bad at it. They're, they've got to have bots. They've got to have real shitty bots for introing people in their first rounds because I did a few of the holes solo. I did the like the first batch of solo holes, and I I got them in there and I starred them all. But it wasn't like I didn't feel like I did well by any stretch. And then I go into lobby for matches, and the first three matches I play, I took first. Mm. And and in a lot of cases, not by a little. And I'm like, all right, I can, it can't be that my, like, you know, 30 years of video game experience is contributing that much to my... <laughs> You know, introduction to this game being outclassing so many. There's got to be bots. There's no way those were legitimate victories. And then I've not won, won one since, right? Yeah. You know, I place consistently fourth or, or fifth in in matches. And I I don't feel bad about that. That's where I realistically think I should be among low-level players. But I, I do think there's something to it. And I, I like the designs of the holes. I love all of the language of golf and its euphemistic potential. I like the euphemistic potential of you saying holes as many times as you've said. See what I mean? And then you said by any stretch. And 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 and, and you're trying to land on the pink here. <laughs> I mean, what you trying to trying to get your balls in the pink? Yep. Oh God! For some reason, I've just got this urge to talk to our friend Jonathan Holmes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Sudden urge. Keep thinking about him. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's worth trying out in the game preview. I would give it a, a, a few runs and see what you think. Racing games aren't typically my thing. And this is very much a racing game. But one that has enough of an interesting gimmick that I don't, I don't dislike it. Uh, and I think I've been kind of itchy to to play a racing game for a little while, because I keep thinking about Burnout. Yeah. Oh, Burnout. Yeah. What about you, Laura? Are you playing anything? I mean, the main thing I've been playing this week, and like, I've, I've had about maybe three hours or so of time to put into it before recording the episode today. I've started playing through Cult of the Lamb. Oh, I want to play this <sighs> bad. I, 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 yeah. I am upset yeah. that... I no longer have the connections with the industry to where Devolver would offer me a copy of Cult of the Lamb. But if anyone at Devolver is listening and would like to offer me a copy of Cult of the Lamb to play... Uh, Cult, Cult of the Lamb? It's real fucking good. It's real good. So yeah, we, 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 we've, we've mentioned this game before. Um, it's that game where you go do a bunch of like roguelike dungeon runs and then in between you're trying to manage your little cult. There was a demo released for a little a little while ago, it played really nicely, and having got my hands on the full game now, the roguelike dungeon crawly elements of going and doing all your combat, sure, that's really fun, it is very satisfying, it is exactly everything I'd hoped it would be, but also, fuck that, the half of this where you're making the cult is entirely where it's at. I have, like, beaten the boss of the first area, and unlocked like, oh yeah, you can go start doing some roguelike in some new places. And I have spent probably the last 45 minutes ignoring that because I'm just doing city management stuff with my tiny little adorable townspeople. 
occasionally sacrificing one of them to the tentacle pit in the corner. The way that all of the little interlocking mechanisms of running your little cult town interlink with each other are really satisfying. Anytime that you go do your little dungeon runs, you can collect more people to stack your town with, and the more people that you stack your, your little town with, the more quickly you can be generating resources such as food, wood, stone, uh, devotion that you can spend for leveling up, but obviously the more resources you need to keep everyone happy and safe, the more beds you need to house them. Um, if you don't have enough resources to keep all those people happy, you will start losing faith in your cult. But a really quick, easy way to get around that is like, oh, I don't have enough beds for everyone tonight and the, the cult is going to lose some faith in me. Well, why don't I just sacrifice someone to the to the cult and then we've got one less person we need to find a bed for tonight? And now, now you see, this this is this is the this is the problem, right? This is the problem is yeah. limiting the thinking. Okay, not enough beds for everyone to sleep in in my night doesn't me say to me sacrifice to get to the minimum quantity. It just says orgy. <laughs> now, why hasn't the NHS tried that? Right? Look, I'm very early in the game. There might be an option for cult orgy <laughs> later. I can't say one way or the other. But yeah, there is enough sort of push and pull that, like, not all of the resources can be generated um, from within your little community. Like, there's several that you can cause to sort of auto-generate if you put people on them in your town, but the big one is money. Um, lots of big building projects require money, and money can only be acquired by going out and doing the murder quests. So, like, there is... Occasionally you will hit up against walls where it will go, yeah, you you need to go do some more killing of stuff. But yeah, the back and forth is really satisfying. Um, there's a really good variety of weapons. There's some stuff that feels very um, Hades in that sort of... Um, there are certain points along your progression through dungeon runs where you will find rooms with a choice of which boon to take with you, which power-up to take with you that will do varying things that might synergize. A really basic early example is one tarot card might uh, cause you to regain health when you take damage, and one might cause you to gain twice as many hearts every time you regain health. And like, there are things that have nice little synergies like that. It's really satisfying. It is a good video game, and I did not expect to be as invested in the town management stuff as I have been, but it's real... It's real fun! I very much enjoy having my town full of very happy, very loyal people that occasionally I throw in the tentacle pit. <laughs> yeah. I'll have more to say about it when I've played more of it by next week, but like, yeah, three hours in I am hooked and I don't... I have work I need to do today and I don't want to put this down to do the work I'm meant to do. It's one of those kind of games. I'm gonna lose a lot of time to this. So yeah, Cult of the Lamb's really nice. I very much think both of you will enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. had my issues with combat. I've not gone back to the demo since, but I, I do need to go back and try what you said about rolling towards enemies instead of away from them. Yeah. Um, To deal with the weird disconnect I had with the attack telegraphing. Uh, the, the other thing I will note is there is difficulty difficulty scaling options for the combat as well, uh -huh. which is nice to see. Oh, cool. Um. But yeah, having having a wider variety of weapons and spells to use also has vastly improved how I felt about the combat. Uh -huh. Like, I was a little unsure about some bits of the combat in the demo, but completely sold on it in the full game. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
Uh, Steph, you you you've been playing some 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 of that Metal Gear Solid this week. Yeah. Um. So I haven't had time. I wanted to be able to play more games to talk about. Um. But with the move and everything, I've just I've still got um, Phantom Pain on my um, Steam Deck. So I've just been playing that when I've got downtime. Um. Got past Act One, which is basically the game, because Act Two most of it is just rehash missions with different difficulty modifiers. And a couple of... I mean, it's not a finished game. Like, that's well known by now. Yeah. Like, Mission 51 was not included in the game. That's the one that's only available as, like, um, an animatic. Like, a bunch of sketches and half-finished cutscenes. Yes. Yeah, it's like a, like just a piece-together few assets telling you how, like, Eli slash Liquid sort of wraps up his story um, with him and... and the third child and the like Lord of the Flies type of thing he set up. But you know, the story basically wraps up um at the end of Act One because like Skullface gets his and all of that. It's just, Act Two still has some good stuff. Like last night I did the one where the parasites take hold and you go into the the quarantine area to deal with it. And that is still like legendarily dark. Just the the whole level is is it's super fucked up. Um, what you're dealing, I'm trying to avoid being too spoilery, but like it's super fucked up. Um, having to like like basically deal with these characters who like these soldiers who you've been collecting for the entire game. Um, that just start getting infected. Really like like effective, effectively dark stuff. I have still been enjoying it a lot. What's funny is I held off on spending money to upgrade all of the robot arms for Venom because I was like, <laughs> I'll do those upgrades when I go back to playing Venom. And all I did was keep playing the the female soldier I've got because it's just nicer to to play uh, a character you feel more reflective. Other than that, like like I wish I had more to say. Uh, I do wish that Act 2 was as good as Act 1 in terms of like just content uh but then again i do a lot of running around just completing side ops um all the time yeah. at this point i'm just gonna stop because i'm trying to pad for things to say but i said most of what i need to say about the nah. game last time and I, I wish i had more i wanted to come come back having like i've downloaded control on the steam deck mm. to replay that yeah. but i've not got round to starting it yet Sometimes that's all you got to say about a game, and yeah. and like I've got at least one game today that like that's about as much as I have to say about. What game is that, Laura? Oh, that one would be uh, the Spider-Man. It's ah. been ported to the the, the Steam Deck. It's on PC. It's it's got a PC port. That game is a real collectathon, and like I was hoping it would run well on the Steam Deck because like that's the kind of place I want to play a big open world collectathon, and. Uh, like most of the PlayStation ports to um to PC, it's a real resource hog. Is it great on deck? Um, I I I think it's verified on deck. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's I think it's one of the ones that has the verified tick. If you turn all the the the, the settings down to the very low preset, uh, it looks pretty alright at thirty fps on a handheld screen. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it. Is whack the graphics preset down. And it'll hold 30 FPS in the open world pretty well, which okay. is like, hey, are you just looking to play this on a handheld? It holds 30 frames a second on a handheld. 
I have nothing really else to say about it other than it is that PlayStation Spider-Man. If you're looking for a collectathon, it's a fun collectathon. Well, it's it's interesting because like I had largely forgotten about the Marvel Spider-Man game because mm. it has been so long. Yeah, has it? It's been like three years. Four years? Um, five? When did it originally come out? I think it was 2018, so I think five years? Four, four years. It'd be 20, because it's 2022. Four, four, four yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So four years I've ago. I've lost track of no, where we are no, no, in time. No, I, who hasn't? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a four-year-old game, and it was very good. Yeah. like, And I know that it was very good, because it's like the only game on my PS4 that I platinumed. Yeah. And that's not something, like, that's just not something I give a shit about, even though I have this sort of compulsion in collectathon open world games to do all the things, that usually just means I never finish the game, not that I actually uh, conclude the storyline and then get everything else also. Yeah, I I was the same about the, the Miles Morales sequel they did, I, I platinumed that, which again, I very rarely do with those kind of open world games. But... At the same time, I have almost no memory of it. Like, that is that is the memory I have of playing Spider-Man on PS4, is that I got the Platinum. I mean, the thing about it is, it is an incredibly satisfying game to move around in yeah. the combat system, that I'm very happy to just bash enemies over and over in. Well, that's, and that's the other bit, is like, maybe I could just play it again. And I, like, yeah. it was a brand new thing. And honestly, that's 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 what my experience with the Steam Deck version has been so far, is I don't have any great desire to replay any of this story, but you put those combat mechanics in front of me again, and I'm like, yeah, I'll re-unlock everything. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that again, because why wouldn't I? It's very fun to swing around and beat stuff up. <sighs> and it runs well enough on this handheld that I will do that while watching TV. Fantastic. So... You played anything else this week, Conrad? Uh, so, somebody, and I wish I could remember who it was, but somebody sent me a copy of The Mummy Demastered. Oh! Uh, do you remember the, do you remember the dark universe of 2017? <laughs> Speaking of our good friends at Warner Brothers. The ancient before times. <laughs> oh god! The dark universe is one of my... Like, it's not quite up there with X versus Sever in terms of things <laughs> that, I, that bring me joy to reference. Right. But the Dark Universe is just one of the most desperate attempts to go all crossover -y. Like, I remember on uh, an episode of the Boston's Favourite Son podcast that we do, like, just going ham on making fun of that. Just the amount of things you could come up with, just like... Like, just speaking to, like, one of the, the, the women characters and just being like, have you ever thought about wearing your hair up with white streaks in it? Wink, wink to the audience. Like, just the sheer desperation is so good. Angelina Jolie was supposed to, to star in A Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> like, I yeah, it was a disaster. A, an utter disaster as a cinematic exercise. But there were two video games that came out of it. Um, specifically the Mummy film starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight face. Um, the other one that I have not played is some sort of graphic novel thing that apparently people really liked and cool. This, The Mummy Demastered, is a way-forward Metroidvania. Mm. It, it's like Game Boy Advance style. And it's, it is as good as that 
sentence that I just said suggests that it should be. It plays very solidly. The in the level design is excellent. Everything loops back on itself in a very effective manner so that the backtracking isn't necessarily as tedious as it could be. But it's, its world is designed in such a way and its boss encounters are difficult enough that it encourages you to revisit and find new things to progress in a way that I found to be satisfying because if you are skilled enough, you could still overcome the boss encounters, but it always provided you really with the tools to do it. If you poked around long enough, um, I liked that. Another thing I really like about it, and this is with a caveat is, is how kind of grounded it is because a lot of Metroidvania stuff, it gets a bit fanciful, you know, with your high tech equipment or your, you know, fantasy spells, or whatever it is that give you the traversal abilities that allow you to make your way through the environment. In this, I think the first ability you get is basically gloves that let you grip better, so you can grab the ceiling. Like, you're a military dude. That's what you get. Of course. That makes sense. Instead of, like, fuck-ass weird, you know, elevators going into these ruins and things like that, there's a rope. And you rappel down. And you gotta get the rappelling gear before you can go down those things. So they turned that into a, a traversal upgrade. Very cool. I like how all of these elements are things that you would expect this organization to have access to and developed for the purpose that it has, to a point. Because... We all know, eventually, in a Metroidvania, your character's gonna have to jump three times their height. <laughs> yes. That's, that's just, that's gonna happen. And, uh, there are also, like, statues that you could break open to get scrolls that give you powers, and it's just like, well, well, you tried. Like, you, you went as far as you could with this, I guess. You know, I, I mean, I... I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm capable of believing that the military could develop some kind of shoe that, you know, gives a boost assist to jump. Yeah. You could have made that a little more grounded. The air dash is trickier, but I still think you could have found a way to work. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's a very well-made game. I found it very, very enjoyable to play. Cool bosses, good level design. I love licensed games. Because for as as often as they wind up being trash, and I miss the days where every movie had a licensed game that came along with it. Every once in a while, you find one that were not for the license of being attached to it would still be a worthwhile, fun game to play. And yeah. and the Mummy Demastered is absolutely one of those. So yeah, neat. Yeah. Um. I played a couple of other things to like real quickly rattle through. Um, I started playing a game on Switch called Demon Throttle. The concept is that you are a cowboy and a demon made out with your wife and now you're unhappy about that demon. <laughs> Best premise. It is a top-down shmup where instead of being like the, the little ship firing, firing at things flying toward you, it is just a top-down view of you scrolling forward over a top-down area shooting creatures trying to get to demons to murder them to go to be like, I'm not happy at you, demon, for fucking my wife. It is 
a very challenging shmup, which I am not super good at that genre, but there's a few things I really like about it. It does some really neat stuff with um, leveling up within levels that I like. Whenever you're defeating enemies, you are gaining experience points, which will cause you to level up mid-level, regain all your health, get boosts to your stats, which encourages you to not just dodge the incoming enemies, but to engage with them. That plays in nicely with the fact that there are secret hidden paths within levels, which will let you go on a sort of detour and defeat more enemies along the way to the boss, so that hopefully you will have had more time to be stronger before you get to the boss fights. There is a jump mechanic, which feels like it would be weird in a top-down game, but it works really well. So if you are encountering a bullet hell pattern where there are no gaps to manoeuvre through from top-down, you can literally jump over the bullet pattern. It plays really well, I'm just not very good at it. But despite the fact that it took me like an hour and a half to get through the first level, because I suck at these games, I stuck with it because I was having such a good time despite making no progress, which is to the game's credit. It's just a top-down shmup where you're a, you're a, you're a cowboy shooting demons. It's, it's pretty neat. Well, hang on. Now, this is, this is the game that is never going to be released digitally. Is it never going to? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it was never going to be released digitally or if it was just delayed on it, because this was the one from Devolver's press conference back in 2021, I think, right? Well, that was that was, that was was the gimmick yes. of that game, is that they weren't going to release it digitally. You would only be able to buy it on a physical release. So, um, I guess pirate it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, as we've talked about before, piracy is really fucking easy on the Switch. Yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, because the last chance you had to buy it was June of last year, I think. Yeah, so <laughs> there is literally no way for you to play this, I believe, if you don't already, if you didn't order it, but I have a copy and it's pretty fun. I don't... Yeah, I just, I figured I'd point that out for yeah. anybody who, you know, heard about yeah. it and said, oh, this sounds yeah. cool, I should go look for it. Um, that's where you need to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's not it's not going to be that hard to find, and it's not going to be that hard to get up and running. I suspect emulators would run this just fine. But yeah, the other thing I've been playing is, um, I finally started playing a game that's looked really interesting on Game Pass for a while called Escape Academy. Oh my god, I just asked Devolver for a copy of Cult of the Lamb and then told people to pirate. Well, they've made their money. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, yeah, look, look, let's, let's be fair. <laughs> It's not like anyone can give Devolver money for that right, game right yeah, now. Yeah. So they literally are not losing any money on you telling them to do that. Don't don't pirate Cult of the Lamb, but maybe Demon Troll. Um, yeah, Escape Academy is basically a series of digital escape rooms. Oh, okay. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, so it starts off very, very much as just, here is an escape room like you would see in a little, like, someone's back room in whatever town and it's very much structured like an escape room um you find find the clues unlock a box there's a clue unlock another box open the door out you get but the the gimmick at the start is you you escape the first escape room into like the building that the escape room's in is that itself an escape room that seems to itself be an escape mm. room there's no staff around and there are escape room clues in the escape room and uh, building and then you escape that, and there is further plot. And it still stays structured as a series of escape rooms, but there is a really interesting, fun little narrative that plays around your expectations of 
the space you are in and trying to escape and why. Hmm. It is more creative on that front than I I would have expected. I really like the the way this game is built in that it very much succeeds in the ways that actual escape rooms succeed with the added benefit of the fact that because only certain things in a room are interactable or takeable, you don't get into that escape room problem of is the fact that that the corner of that rug was turned it was flipped over when we entered the room is that a clue or did someone just knock over the corner limiting your options of what could yes. and could not be relevant is that's a huge yeah and there are things that are interactable but not useful but some of the, like you will sometimes interact with a thing and it will give you a line of descriptive text or a thought that the the player character had about it and you'll go cool I don't have to pick that up because I interacted with it and it didn't pick up and put in my inventory. I know that's not a thing I need to physically use. And that sort of limiting allows the puzzles to feel a bit more uh, focused and a bit less cluttered. And that has made for a really nice experience. Um, so yeah, I've not put as much time into it as I would like and I want to stick with it some more, but it's on Game Pass and I'm having a good, I'm having a pretty good time with it so far. Conrad, have you played anything else this week? I... No, I think that's pretty much it for me. Well, should we do a little bit of news this, this week? We've got a couple yeah, of news. Yeah, let's do bits. that. Uh, speaking of news, I just want to quickly congratulate Bridget for coming out as trans. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, just, just, yeah. just congratulations on that canon that no one can change. Indeed. Oops. For anyone who's unaware, this is a Guilty Gear character who... My understanding is that they started in the same sort of realm as, like, Poison in Final Fight, a kind of messily described yeah. maybe trans character. It was rough early on. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now they've just very canonically gone, yeah, that's that's just a trans character, that. Yeah. And I love what some of the responses have been from people who for years have said everyone's gay for Bridget, and are now like, now that she's a woman, this is too gay. <laughs> Uh, but yes, congratulations. Congrats indeed. So we got some some updates about David Cage and Quantic Dream and all those allegations that happened a while ago. He's a bad, bad man. He's a bad, bad man. He would disagree with you about being a bad, bad man, but we, we say he's a bad, bad man. So in an interview with Edge magazine this month, uh, David Cage has responded to all those allegations of unhealthy studio culture and inappropriate behaviour at Quantic Dream, the ones that he was criticised for dismissing as being merely a smear campaign, in his words. His response, unsurprisingly, is, none of it is true, it's all lies, and everyone's being very mean to me. Oh, well. I'll read some of his, his quotes. Why everyone so mean to me? I, I don't think we had an aggressive attitude. When you're accused of things that go against everything you believe in, everything you've done in your life, it hurts. It went beyond just attacking the studio culture. I mean, of course, like any human organisation, we are not perfect by any means, but we are the kind of studio... Are we the kind of studio that was described? Our, our employees have repeatedly said it's not true. Interesting. Um, what about the time that you said he doesn't make games for F-slurs? Ah, oh, well. Or the time that he made a naked character model of Elliot Page uh, against his express wishes. So, he's not specified a lot of these specifically. He's done a lot of vague statements such as, 
we were so hurt by specific allegations that we know are, are wrong or false. We had to defend ourselves. We wanted people to hear our voice. Uh-huh. Did he hear um, Elliot Page's voice when he said, don't make a fucking nude model of me? Yeah. Because that isn't an like that isn't just some like like yeah. allegation without a fucking trail. We literally know that happened. Yeah. So you remember the allegations back in 2018, um, that were that, that went on like, hey, Quantic Dream's got like a schoolboy culture of racism and sexism, and in particular, there was the employee who was photoshopping images of his co-workers uh, on the bodies of Nazis and naked women and shit like that. Yeah. Cage notes that uh, these were unacceptable images. Fucking yeah, right. And the situation was dealt with in less than two hours. I don't believe we've ever been a toxic company. Someone did a terrible, some someone did a terrible thing, but we fixed it a few hours later. So it's it's like it never happened. Uh, I'm sorry, but his attitude in court and his attitude over the years does not lend credibility to what he's saying. No, you know what? Like, really, kind of pisses me off. He tries to do the thing of we hired women and LGBTs, so we can't be bigoted. These values are upheld in our company. Half of our managers are women. We have had LGBT employees present at all levels of the studio since day one. Like, well, yeah. He does this. The allegation isn't that you had no women or LGBT people. It's that they were treated poorly once yeah. you had them. Well, he's he's done this before, like, again, to bring up Elliot Page. He's, he's done things before of, like, I can't be bigoted. I've met Elliot Page. <laughs> oh... I mean, this is a, that's not even my favourite one. My, f- my, my favourite terrible shitty thing he says in this is um, we can't be bigoted because people would have quit their jobs if we were bigoted. Um, wow. If you don't like it, just leave. <laughs> let, me, let me read it from him. Anyone who thought this is a toxic place would be gone. And if 1% of the allegations were true, it would have been a disaster for us because everyone would have left. What? But you can see that there was... Yeah. Does he not know how employment works? Does he not know how yeah. people are like coerced by capitalism to into keeping their jobs yeah. and putting up with horrible abuse because they've got to make fucking rent? The the fact that people didn't quit their jobs there on mass means that the they has to be fake. This man sets him up. It sets himself up as like the arbiter of social commentary, and he doesn't even know how, like, the basics of society operates. Yeah. Um, so we got a couple of other quick bits from him. Um, on the allegations that he himself made homophobic and misogynistic remarks, he, d- he denies these. Uh, I have never said or even thought such things. I fully understand people were shocked by seeing those words, and I'm deeply sorry for the pain and confusion they've caused to women and LGBTQIA community. The quotes are abhorrent, they do not reflect my views, nor the views of anyone at Quantic Dream. <sighs> I don't fucking believe you. Yeah. Okay. It- <sighs> Lastly, he does the thing where he gets upset that he says, hey, maybe don't, maybe don't write about identities that you don't personally have experience with because you kind of do it badly at Quantic Dream. Uh, He throws a bit of a hissy fit about that. Oh yeah, he will not brook criticism of his own genius. Oh yeah, don't worry. Yes, I am a white male. I'm 53, but I'm also a writer. 
can I only write about 53-year-old white males who live in France? Or isn't it the work of a writer to put yourself in the shoes of someone else and try to imagine what it's like to be there? No, it's your job to talk, to get writers in who have that experience, because they yeah. fucking know. They don't have to imagine when they're writing. They can just write about it. Let's look at the difference between Swery's work on J.J. Uh, Macfield, which had a consultant... Yeah. And Swery's work on Deadly Premonition 2, which clearly didn't. Like, <sighs> like, there is a massive difference. No, sitting there without external input and trying to imagine what it's like to live a life you have no experience of. Like, you know, I spent 36 years living as a perceived, even by myself, cis male, right? Only since coming out and living my life as a trans femme have I gained an understanding of what it's like to be that person because there was no way I could have before. Yeah. Like, there is no way that I could have truly understood the experience of what it's like to be me now back then. And even with a consultant, you can only get an inkling, a fraction of what it's like but it's way better than sitting there and imagining. Because, no, David, you can't begin to imagine what it's like. You can't fucking begin. Especially you, you hack. Your imagination is very, very limited to begin with. I'd even question his qualifications to write about the experience of what it's like to be a cis white Frenchman, if I'm perfectly honest, <laughs> just in terms of ability. But to sit there and claim that he can just imagine, imagine, imagine a story. Like, no, mate, you arrogant. He, I mean, his arrogance is legendary. I mean, you can imagine, but it's not going to be reflective of the reality. And then when people who exist within that reality see this fantasy that you constructed whole cloth from your head, they're going to point to it and say, this is bullshit. This is not what this is like. Yeah. Like, we've all seen the way he writes characters who aren't cishet white men. Yeah. We've all seen it. I, I urge anyone who's questioning, who who anyone who's inclined to agree with David that he's got this shit locked down, I urge you to replay Indigo Prophecy. By all means, you see what he did there. And you tell me that he's qualified to wade into other people's stories and lives without guidance. I know for a man who self-styles himself as the auteur of video games, not an auteur, I remember the press release for Heavy Rain, THE auteur of video games. I know for him questioning his genius is sacrilege, but you need help, David. I mean, in many ways, but you need guidance on these issues because you're not qualified. Yes, yeah, that was probably the better choice. <laughs> the man is not qualified. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. And he's a dick. Yeah. He's a dick. Uh, so we've got a couple of news stories, some of which we can kind of skim over. Um, This isn't... We, we've not got a huge amount of detail about this, but it's a thing to keep an eye on. You know, Ubisoft has been... There's been discussions of Ubisoft being bought out for a while. Yeah. It now seems like Tencent is trying real hard to purchase uh, a majority stake in the company. This feels familiar to me. This feels like something they've 
intimated at before. Like, they've wanted to do this for a while. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so they, they, they bought a 5% stake in Ubisoft a while ago, but according to Root, uh, Reuters, Tencent has offered way above the company's current share evaluation in order to basically try and purchase um, a controlling share in the company. It is unclear whether that will go ahead right now. The, the current situation is that 80% of the company is publicly owned, 15% is the Guillermo's and 5% is Tencent, and Tencent wants to purchase up a big chunk of that 80%. They could become a very dramatic majority shareholder, potentially. Um, I mean, we're seeing in video games what we're seeing in, in the rest of entertainment, the shoring up, the consolidation of power. It's worrying. I mean, for the reasons I gave um, two Jimquisitions ago in my Multiversus episode... You know, I think it's damaging to the potential for the artwork itself. Uh, I think it's very dangerous for any corporation to have that much power and that much cultural influence. But it's also very clear that this is what a lot of third-party companies want now. You know, we've seen the Bethesda acquisition, the Activision act acquisition. It's been intimated very unsubtly that Square Enix wants to be bought at this point. And I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of these very dramatic acquisitions. Um, with Ubisoft, who knows? Because, you know, it's, it's even though it's publicly traded, a lot of it is very family business um, in terms of the Guillermo, uh, uh, Guillermo's. Guillermo's um, but Tencent is very powerful and with that much money, very persuasive. Yeah, yeah. So we got a couple of other other news stories. Oh, also, Ubisoft spent years uh, covering up for protecting and promoting abusers of every kind. Yeah, that. Yeah, that did happen. We got some more news about that um, GameStop NFT platform. Oh. oh god, that fucking offensive disaster! A, a creator in quotes on that platform has had to be suspended for selling playable versions of indie games they did not own as NFTs. <laughs> Wow, it's almost like nothing involving NFTs can ever not be shady. Or theft. Yeah. Just, just theft. It's all theft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these interactive NFTs, um, labelled the NFTI Arcade Collection, which Ugh. has the letters NFT in it, Ugh. were minted and sold without the creator's permission, without any kind of arrangement for the creators of those games to share in any of the profits of the crypto sales, GameStop has suspended that person from selling things on their platform, but he's still holding on to tens of thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency he made by selling those NFTs before the suspension. And those unlicensed uh, games are still fully playable on GameStop's uh, NFT servers. Because you can't take them down, they just exist there now. So people's games that they pl they made are just playable on GameStop servers without paying for them on NFTs. Forever. Yep. Wow. Yeah. GameStop's just the, the level of scum. Yeah. Web 3 is going to be great, isn't it? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So, so that's fun. Do you remember that time that GameStop started selling NFTs of someone throwing themselves off the twin fucking towers? What, you mean last week? Last week. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's... The the speed with which GameStop like <laughs> just fucked up is uh, incredible, and that's all. All the NFTs are they're just one fuck up after another. 
it amazes me they're still trying to push it because, you know, it's over. The dream, the NFT dream is over, but they're still just trying to play to the cult crowd because it's still got this little cult following. But you can even see it like online, like someone pointed yeah. this out the other day, like you when you criticized NFTs on social media, you used to have an army of people come up to tell you how wrong and ignorant you are. You don't even get that anymore. Yeah, there's a there's some hardcore adherents, but that's all that's left are the people who are too deep to quit. Like, a bit like the gender-critical movement. Yeah, honestly. So, anyone who was holding out hope that Activision Blizzard wouldn't continue to lean incredibly heavily into overly monetized, abusively predatory monetized mobile games? Yeah, sorry, that they ain't getting out of that space anytime soon. Activision Blizzard's mobile games made more money than their console and PC sales combined last year. We're in hell. Yeah, yeah. More than half of Activision Blizzard's revenue in their, their last financial report, more than half of it came from mobile games. They are making huge amounts of money, and why would they ever fucking stop at this point? Not because of morals, certainly not that. I mean, morals are an impediment to them. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we got we got one not terrible thing to end on, just like a fun thing, mm -hmm. a little neat thing. You know the the game Super Punch Out. I do from like nearly thirty years ago. Yeah, I do. That game has a secret two player mode in it. It do? Yeah, there's a there's a cheat code you can you can input to just play it in multiplayer. I'm actually really excited about this. I might. Try it out with Linda on stream this coming week, because I'm very excited. Yeah, this this works on both the original game, it works on the, the, the Virtual Console Switch re-release. Um, I tested it today, it does work. Um, there is one code you have to do first to basically get a a little menu up to do like a single match against any opponent of your choice. It's like a debug menu for testing. Yeah, a little debug menu. But if you do a cheat code on that menu, you can get the second controller player can just have control of the opponent and you can do two player punch out. A super punch out. That's just really cool. That is a thing that went unfound for like nearly 30 years and now you can play multiplayer super punch out. And I, I love super punch out too. I love that. Like I love that even 30 years on. Yeah. Like we can find new things in games. Yeah. Especially because so many games, like, people dive into the code and all of this, and, like, a lot of games, especially these days, their secrets are blown wide open within, like, hours. And how much more shit could we find if we had better digital preservation standards? Well. Well. Exactly right. Just a thought. Yeah. Because, like, Nintendo's going to get a ton of, like, fun press for free. Yeah. As a result of this guy doing that, they are going to sell copies of that Switch Super Punch-Out on this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's everything this week. We 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 did it. We got we done it all. We done it all. Well, Laura, sometimes with the amount of work you put out there, like it feels like you've done it all. Uh, but there's so much more that that just keeps coming and people surely want to hear about that. If you want to know about the other stuff I do, uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. If you want to get your name in the back of Who Hunts the Whale, which is the novel I've written with my wife, um, you've got until the 21st of August to pre-order a copy, and your name will be in the back in the big support section. After that, we are 
making the physical book, which is the only reason there's a cutoff date for that, because at some point we have to stop putting names in and we have to print the thing. So until the 21st of August, you can still get your name in the back of the book if you pre-order Who Hunts the Whale. Um, if anyone's going to be at Kitacon this upcoming weekend, I will be there. Feel free to come say hi. Me and my Dysphoria Monster comes out on August 18th. Go look out for that. I will be at Trondheim Pride uh, the 8th and 9th of September. Oh, and that's just Laura K. Buzz. That's where I am everywhere. Go check out all the stuff I do. What about you, Conrad? Oh, well, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. You can hang out with me live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. You can buy anti-capitalist propaganda that I make at pinfultruth.com and audiobooks at conradreads.com and listen to me on Let's Talk About Snacks with my soon-to-be wife, Linda Camiolo, every week. And, uh, oh, and, and hang out with my cat on Instagram, One-Eyed Potato. He is such a perfect angel. He never does anything wrong. And uh, everything I do online gets supported through Patreon at patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? <gasps> it's James Stephanie Sterling. Fuck. Indeed. Uh, patreon.com slash jimquisition. Uh, that supports uh, this and the show and all of that. Um, I also stream, uh, once again, streaming a little bit up in the air at the moment. Like, I don't technically have internet at this place for the next two weeks. Um, we're on a little 4G, well, 5G, allegedly, but it's putting out 4G dongle. <gasps> oh no, not the 5G. That's too many Gs. The, the, the radiation from it has caused me to grow tits, I think. <laughs> so we've got that, like, I don't know how well it'll do for streaming. It's held up okay for this call, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. Uh, upcoming wrestling dates, August 20th um, at 1pm in Preston, uh, that is PCW. Uh, then that night, uh, I think seven, roundabout then, in Newcastle, uh, also August 20th, is uh, Avant Garde Wrestling, which I shall be hosting as Director of Ceremonies. Uh, in September, uh, I've, I'm not going to announce the date just yet, but we will be debuting um, a show founded by me. Um, so that's very exciting. October 1st, Sovereign Pro Wrestling in Manchester. That is the eight-person elimination match, which also features Kid Bandit and Simon Miller. And then October 8th, it is Simon Miller versus Stephanie Sterling one-on-one. -on -one. That one is going to be... Both of those matches in October are going to be fucking huge. Um, and hopefully we'll have more dates to uh, announce beyond that. Uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening. That Iron Brew Extra was fine. It wasn't quite Iron Brew, but it's fine. I'm going to go uh, stroke my frog, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.